It's time for the Little Agency That Roars podcast, a podcast that connects you with talented and brilliant people. And that's all of us. We are available wherever you stream your podcast, so go ahead and find us and subscribe. I'm your host, Michael Fasoni, and let's get started. I mean, you know what I mean, however you want. Right. Okay, you're Have right. you heard of Hammerspace? Oh my gosh, you gotta look it up. It's here in Kansas City. It's called Hammerspace. And it's a community workshop where you can go in Get and take a class on 3D printing, take a class on knife uh, smithing, take a class on welding. Oh, um, and then once you learn how to use the machine and the materials, then you can go in and actually uh, make something on your own. You can either buy the supplies from them or bring in your own supplies. And you could go in and just mess around with like all these cool machines that most people can't afford to actually buy and have at home, but want to use in their art or whatever. And yeah, it's rad. I want to do it so bad. Yeah. Hammerhead. <laughs> All right. You ready, Mayor? I'm ready. Let's go. I'm sitting here with Mary McCauley, founder, creator, owner of DigitalDreamsKC.com. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Mary? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. This is going to be fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be way a lot. We have a lot of history. Yes. A lot of history. In fact, you were probably... I've only had one other person on the podcast who I've known longer. Oh, really? Yeah, so a gentleman I went to grade school with, actually. Wow. Yeah, he had a, started a law firm, and um, we did some work together here at the agency, and so I thought I'd have him on and talk yeah. about that, but you and I go way back. That's fun. And uh, we had a lot of fun. But let's jump right into what Digital Dreams KC is. I the current get- fun we're having. Yes, I want to get all of the details out right away for anyone listening because you do have an event coming up very soon in about 30 days. So tell everyone what Digital Dreams KC is. Okay, so Digital Dreams KC is going to be Kansas City's first digital art gallery. And we are doing it as a pop-up. So it'll be second Saturdays as a pop-up gallery. And we won't have a permanent space. We will be doing a new event every month in a different location, a different vibe, a different style, different artists, different music, keeping it fresh. And you currently have three dates planned out. Your first date is June 8th. 10th. Sorry, June 10th. Second Saturdays, I figured, would be a great pattern to be able to remember the dates Mm because it's hard for us as we get older (laughs) to be remembering all of these things. And so second Saturdays um, seem natural as we have First Fridays and have had First Fridays here in Kansas City forever, it seems. Uh, So with First Fridays being traditional art, what I'm doing is digital art. So we're doing second Saturdays. And where is this? Well, where will the event be on June 10th? Upside Bungie. It's a warehouse in the West Bottoms off Mulberry Street, right behind the edge of hell. Okay. And it's going to be from 7 to 11 p.m. on the 10th of June. 7 to 11 mm-hmm. on, on just that one night? Yep, just one night only. Okay. And you can get tickets in advance. Yes. Tickets are available either on our website, digitaldreams.com, digitaldreamskc.com. Kc.com. And uh, Sports Illustrated. I don't know if you knew they were doing tickets, but Sports Illustrated is now officially doing Web3 NFT ticketing. We were the first to get to do that with them 
for our digital art gallery, and uh, it's just sitickets.com. So you're the first, this is the first NFT offering that Sports Illustrated has ever done? Yes. And you, I, I know this, but I'm saying it out loud so everyone listening knows this, you reached out to them and settled that negotiation in like a week and a half? Yes, I actually got connected to them through Polygon blockchain. I had originally reached out to Polygon, um, which is a... Okay, hold on. You had that meeting separate Mm -hmm. to see if they wanted to invest, correct, or underwrite? I wanted to see if they wanted to sponsor. Okay, sorry, sponsor it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was a separate meeting. Yes, that was a separate meeting. To sponsor your first show. Yes, and they connected me with Sports Illustrated because they were already working with them as the NFT ticketing through Sports Illustrated is built on the Polygon blockchain. So Say that one more time, please. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so Polygon was already working with Sports Illustrated because their ticketing system, their NFT tickets, are built on the Polygon blockchain. Okay. So they partnered together to bring out the um, box office tickets uh, through Polygon and... When I was speaking with Polygon and telling them, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a new business owner, I was left with few ticketing options other than Eventbrite, really. And I felt kind of hypocritical having my tickets sold through Eventbrite as I am trying to promote digital art. I'm trying to promote Web3. I'm trying to promote NFTs. So I wished there was a NFT ticketing solution, and they said, "Actually, <laughs> you're you're right on time. Um, we've been thinking that too, and we've been working on trying to get that done. And it's actually being released May second. So we'd like to know if you could wait to release your tickets, you know, until May second, uh, so that we could have them on our platform and you could go through us. And it was just the right place at the right time and a perfect arrangement." I'll say. <laughs> um, real quick, tell everyone, most people listening probably know, some won't, what is an NFT? NFTs are non-fungible tokens. That's what NFT stands for. And basically, it's a digital asset. So you are the certified owner of this asset. And when I say certified owner, I mean like when you purchase a car and you have a car title, and you can see your name and information on it. You can see who else also owned the car. Um, it's like that. It's like a title for what you've purchased. So I'm going to purchase a JPEG, and that I basically, even though I own the image, what I really own is the code behind the image. Yes. Because yeah. anyone can copy the image. Well, but I own the original code to the image. You can't really copy the image because now that NFTs have gotten more advanced, if you try to screenshot an NFT, it's not... My phone blows up? No, it's going to glitch out on you. <laughs> this phone will self-destruct. Something comes out and punches me and pokes me in the eye. You fraud! <laughs> yes, it, it'll, it'll um, not transfer. Uh, it'll glitch out. It will, um, if you try to upload it, for example, the metadata that's encrypted into the NFT will then um, come up in your computer and you won't be able to, you know, click and save, and then relist that item on another platform or wherever um, because of the metadata that's encrypted okay. into the image. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop that there because I want to stay on the event sure. and we can come back to that. Yeah. Um, 
you have, let's talk about, oh, do you want to go through the ticketing still where people can, is it just through Sports Illustrated? Uh, it, well, they're being sold through Sports Illustrated, but you can purchase them on digitaldreamskc.com or through Sports Illustrated. And is the SI Sports Illustrated link on your website? It's linked directly to it when you click on tickets. Okay, so mm-hmm. they can find that they can do both options through digitaldreamskc.com. Yes. Okay, how much are tickets? $20. That $20. gives you six artists. And uh, we're going to have a food truck from Chicago, Soul Food truck that's coming down. I'm really excited for that because I love soul food. Um, and uh, we're working on trying to get a car show. So if anybody knows anyone that has really cool cars that would be interested in I thought doing, you. I thought we had a friend. I thought, I thought we have a friend. We have lots of friends. I thought you were reaching out to that friend. Oh, yes. I need to. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's on my to-do gotcha. list. Because I know that it's kind of I'll bring something notice. up to him. <laughs> yes, do it. Because I, I, I know, you know, a lot of people already have plans going into the summer, um, so I don't know who's free and available. But that's fun. The goal is in, inside, you'll have something going on inside, mm-hmm. and outside, you'll have you know a classic car, a low rider, yes, a car we show. Have a vibe inside and out. And then we have a friend coming in town from Chicago. Yes, Neil. Neil. Yes, Gustafson. Yes, um, is coming into this play just for one day. One night only. One night only. Yes. I'm so excited for that. that yeah. yeah. I'm excited just to see him. Seriously. I haven't seen him in probably 20 years. And I didn't realize all of the things that he's done and accomplished mm-hmm. in the last 20 years until mm-hmm. I had to promote him. And gotcha. I'm on his website and I'm on his SoundCloud. And, and he's I'm, gladly coming here and bringing his own equipment and everything. Yes. Um, so then you have the little car show outside. And then tell us about... Your six artists. Let's yes. just go one at a time. I'm super excited for everyone to see them, meet them, experience this. Uh, so we have Paper Buddha, we have Laser Lou, we have Lazul, we have V Lane Art, and we have myself, and then we have Neil. And I count Neil as an artist, not just because he's a musician and going to be DJing the event, but he's also bringing his black and white photography that he's recently gotten into. Oh, cool. And he will be having his canvases hung, um, available for purchase. He's gotten real into black and white photography really? uh, while what, living in Chicago. What's he photographing? Uh, buildings and places, mainly in, in Chicago, like street scenes and nice. just kind of still life. Nice. Yeah. So cool. tell people... Um, Let's just go one at a time. Paper Buddha. So Paper Buddha is a 3D collage artist. Um, He does uh, collage style based on, uh, well, Buddhism. And uh, his website is paperbuddha.xyz. If you want to look at his art, check him out more. He's also on Twitter. And it's Paper Buddha spelled like you would think it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just as it sounds. And... He, we'll get into that later when we talk about laser. <laughs> yeah, laser Lou. That's a whole. That's a tricky one there. Zing. He, um, Paper Buddha. I met him when I went to Denver uh, for ETH Denver, and uh, didn't really know. I didn't know him when I met him, uh, and thereafter, once I had met him and saw his art. Um, I really thought it was cool what he was doing and the style that he was presenting it in. And uh, we were talking about, you know, how much digital art is now creeping its way into the the physical realm and the physical spaces and how we could incorporate digital art into real life, into the physical space. And 
uh, once again, just right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And we were able to make that collaboration happen. Um, and so, yes, he'll be coming down and doing uh, a presentation of his art, as well as helping to onboard people into Web3, explaining more about NFTs and what this digital art realm consists of uh, to anyone that's interested or curious. Um, so he'll be there to to meet and greet and talk and discuss his art and how he makes it and whatnot. And then we have Laser Lou, which... <laughs> Laser Lou. Laser Lou, L-E-W. That would be L-E-W. <laughs> Uh, is it, does anyone else want to say Laser Luke? <laughs> oh, I can't hear real well, apparently. Well, I know I, I have been I hearing. I just associate but. it with uh, Star Wars, Laser Lou, Laser Luke. Um, he is a laser artist, uh, as his name would incite. He uh, works with lasers and does a really cool technique where he shines the lasers onto hand-blown glass um, that is then reflected off of mirrors to create a laser light installation. And to be clear, because we don't have a visual, it's not a big auditorium, your club, Correct. disco laser type of laser. It's a small, like, tabletop yes. setup that he does, literally, on a small tabletop. Let's just call it three by three mm-hmm. um, feet. And he does, and like you said, he'll use broken pieces of glass, fixed pieces, different pieces of, you know, in other words, things that a laser would have fun yes. passing through, refracting from, bouncing off of. And then does it have to, it has to be somewhat dark. It has to be very dark. Very dark. Yes. Then. Okay. Yes. He typically does his displays in like a complete uh, black box if you will, mm. with no light. Uh, so we will have him in an area at the, the show where he is essentially boxed in that we can um, then see the light displays completely and in all of their glory. And uh, it'll be synchronized with the music. So, no, it's not like uh, large laser beams, which we will have uh in the future, don't want to give Laser away beams. secrets because it's a pop-up. But yes, we will be having uh, laser artists pretty consistently um, as who doesn't like lasers. And real quick, that is laserludude.art. His L-A-S-E-R-L-E-W-D-U-D-E dot A-R-T. And one thing he does with his NFTs on his site that I think a lot of people will have fun playing with. It's very interactive. You can, and I bought one of his NFTs just to play with it. You scroll through, basically. Like, you can even touch it with your hand. You're pulling this image apart to get to the center of it. And in the very, very center of the NFT, there is a hidden object. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's so fun. It's so, it's 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 something that um, you probably haven't seen before, and I think that's one really cool thing that all the artists that I've been working with are doing is things that you haven't seen before. If 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 it isn't there, why not just create it? You know, just make it. Um, so he is making things with lasers and with his NFTs uh, that are completely new in a new way of, wow. of looking at them. That's cool. It's really fun. Okay, do your next artist. Okay, Lazul. Okay. L-A-Z-U-L is his name, and he's from Florida, 
and he'll be coming up for the June 10th exhibit. And he does something, again, totally new technique and style that I've never seen before. And he paints in virtual reality and then transfers that painting from the software in VR um, over onto Photoshop, onto his computer to finish it. And it is really, really impressive. Uh, I never knew that they even had painting softwares for VR, but they do. Um, what will they think of next? And uh, we're going to have VR headsets at the event so people can see the process and understand the process hmm. and uh, partake in the process if they care to do so, uh, to understand uh, the making of his art. It's When you look at it, it looks as if it was painted with an oil brush, but it's not painted with an oil brush. It's wow. digital. It's very, very fun, very new. Okay. And his website is, uh, let me look at my phone here, it's not... Lazul. It actually has a different name. That was that character from the Ghostbusters. Lazul. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Remember when Sigourney Weaver turned into the gargoyle? Yeah. Zool. Oh, Zool. Sorry. No, she was in the refrigerator. <laughs> Rick Moranis opened up the refrigerator. Key master. Yeah. And you can send us all those, Mary, and we'll post them. Um, yes. We'll post them uh, up with the episode. His website, he has two actually. Um, the first is D O N T A S K, which is don't ask. Don't ask <laughs> dot XYZ. <laughs> and then um, that's for his art. And then for the clothes, because he also is um, very into uh, designing uh, clothes and shoes. Um, it is E-C-L-A-I-R-E-R dot co. I'm sorry, do that again. E-C-L-A-I-R-E-R dot co. C-O. Eclairy? Eclair right. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. That's, um, that's a tough one. Um, interesting. It is It is some really um, cool uh, merchandise that he has coming out um, that's very tropical, fresh, as he's from Florida. Um, so he'll be bringing some really cool new energy to Kansas City when he comes up uh, in June. Then we also have uh, V-Lane. Her website's vlane.art, and she is from Colorado, and uh, she's one of my good friends that I met while I was living in Colorado, and she does an array of styles, uh, which are all very, um, I would say, intuitive art. Uh, she did um, a whole collection that... Uh, was based off of cannabis, and as she has a history of being in the cannabis industry, uh, she used to own several grow operations and uh, dispensaries within Colorado, and so she did a cannabis-inspired 
a line of art that um, she would eat an edible and then she would make art and what came of it came of it. And it was very cool. Very cool. What's the medium? Um, it's all dig- digital. Oh, okay. But um, yes, Duh. these are all digital artists. But they also have uh, physical pieces that they're going to be bringing with them as I feel that it's important at our first event, especially so, to incorporate physical and digital art because I feel that a lot of people, even though they might see the art and really like it and want to purchase it, might not understand, okay, so I just purchased this NFT. What do I do with it now? If they have a physical copy of this art as well as their digital copy of the art, I think that it will help create a stronger bridge for people that are new to digital art um, to have both. It makes sense. Yeah. Good. I'm glad because in my head it makes sense. <laughs> I'm glad it makes sense to other people too. <laughs> well, I mean, because it is, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's totally You new. can't see it. I mean, you can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't. Right. I mean, it's digital. It is digital and uh, it it is something that's very um, new, I guess. It's been around for a few years, but they're now starting to come out with digital canvases, like how you have that picture there on the wall of of Dorothy that I admire. They have uh, digital frames that are coming out now that would look just like that, an antique frame, per se. With It would just be a monitor. It would be a monitor, but it, it is the highest quality, brightest, just, just piercingly clear um, that you could hang on your wall instead of having... Like a computer screen versus a TV, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, that is just more interactive, I guess. Are these currently for sale? Yes. They're very high priced, uh, but as they've just come out, and you know, as all technology ha- loses its value shortly after its release. I'm hoping that the digital canvases go down in price um, because as of right now, for like a 24 by 36 digital canvas frame like I'm talking about where you can either link your wallet, digital wallet to it, and it'll automatically upload the NFTs to, or you can uh, link it to your email or your computer or whatnot because they're wireless. Um, Mm -hmm. They're about 2,400 for a 24 by 36. Really? Yeah. But, oh. They're lust worthy. I'll show them to you. They're very. Pretty. That's more expensive than a high end, large computer, uh, secondary computer screen. Yes, yes. And like I said, because it's new tech. Yeah, they can afford it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. It just came out here in 2023. Sure. So I'm hoping that they go down in price and become more widely produced because there's only a few companies. And LG has started toying with a line of them, but they haven't released them yet. So. They're, they're coming. The robots now, are coming. Will this be the first digital art show in the Midwest? In Kansas City, I'm probably certain it's first. It definitely is Kansas City's first digital art show. Well, not the Midwest, because you've seen these it, in Colorado. It, yes. I, the Midwest is so a, that's a, stretch. a large, encompassing area. It is. Um, it? it definitely is creeping into our Bible Belt here. It's coming in from the coast on both ends, and it's, it's making its way to the heart of America. <laughs> Where are these artists from again? So... One's in Florida. One's in Florida, one's in Colorado, and Paper Buddha... And Laser Lou 
uh, do not give away their location. Oh, really? Correct. Uh, they actually um, have done a really. At least but Paper Buddha has done. They're a like really, Bansky. Yes, he's he he has. <laughs> yes, he will. He most, be at the event. He will. Will be we at know the if event. he's there? You won't know that it's him probably. Oh, like seriously? I said, when I met him, I didn't know that I just met Paper Buddha, and I say that like. But that was different because you just walked. Well, I knew that I was going to meet him. They told me, you're going to meet Paper Buddha. Right. And so I knew that I was going to be meeting this really um, established blue chip artist. And when I met him, I did not realize until after the fact that I had met him because he didn't introduce himself as Paper Buddha. You met his car first, didn't you? Actually, it was someone else that was oh. <laughs> coming to meet him that Let's drove up Let's get the in story straight if we're going to tell the story. You didn't meet him. Yeah. You met his car. This car pulls up uh, <laughs> at our meet- meeting spot. Mary likes cars. <laughs> I love cars. Hence the car show I want to have outside. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, a fan had showed up. To, to meet him, and I um, said in front of him, as well as a few other artists, not knowing who they were, oh my gosh, I hope this is not who we're here to meet, because wouldn't that just be pretentious? Do well, you have to tell people what the car was? It was a 2023 Corvette that was just, whoo, all the bells and whistles. It was very, mm. very bright, very, very strong, pulls up. And, of course, I had to go over and check it out. And I asked them politely, you know, can I look at your car? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. They, didn't, they did not care what I was doing at all with that car because they were beelining but it. But you said, I hope this isn't the... I hope this car doesn't belong to the person I'm meeting. Yeah, I said that directly to Paper Directly Buddha. to him. I was like, I hope this isn't the car of the person that we're here to meet, because wouldn't that be pretentious? And he just laughed. He just laughed, because I'm, I'm meeting the person that I'm there to meet. I didn't even know it was him. I was clowning on his Nikes while we were there, because he, he's a sneakerhead. <laughs> What'd you say about his shoes? Well, they were obnoxiously bright. They were like construction orange did they match the car? No, no, they were not. Uh, they, okay. they, they were just as bright, but they were Nikes that were camo print, I believe, uh, with bright orange, like construction orange, is what I remember. And I was just like, "Geez, your shoes are blinding me, bro! Like, put that shit away." And uh, you know, I was just treating him like anybody else that I would. That if I so, met. So, does he reveal himself then? Um, no, he never revealed himself to me. I didn't. I didn't know until my friend Vanessa, oh. that I was there with. <laughs> said, you know, that was Paper Buddha. And I said, who? Where? She goes, like, the guy that you were making fun of his shoes. I said, oh, are you serious? That was him? She goes, yeah. I go, oh, my God, I had no idea. I, I don't know why. I feel bad. I thought he was going to be Asian. I mean, Paper Buddha. I, I thought, <laughs> wow, I guess I'm a profiler. And I didn't even realize it. Like, yeah, um, not at all what I expected. Okay. Yeah, I mean... So, okay, tell him here the second time you meet Paper Buddha, and he's like, how are my <laughs> shoes now, Mary? Did yeah. that conversation come back up? Um, no. I just uh, realized that they take their sneaker scene very seriously. <laughs> gotcha, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> the shoes come first, yeah. Really? All yeah, right. yeah. They, they, they were uh, at NFT New York, and they were taking pictures of... Uh, Nikes that people, different artists like Pepe had painted, and uh, they were going for very, very high prices, and they looked really cool, but 
Yeah, that's how serious it is. Um, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I do. Are they painting like special edition, like Jordans, mm-hmm. rare? Or are they just yeah. doing reg? No, they would get like a hard so to find c- pair of Jordans or, or whatnot, uh, limited edition edition Nikes. And then the artists were hand painting their art onto them. Cool. But in a very, you know, nice way. Sure. And, uh, yeah, he was he was definitely eyes buying several pairs there and sharing pics on Twitter. So the sneaker game is big with digital artists. Yeah, they take it seriously. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like applying for shoe auctions where you have to like uh, try to okay. get in a bid to get a, like those. Uh, Travis Scott just came out with like a pair of Nikes, I guess. Okay. Uh, I'm not a sneakerhead, obviously, um, but I guess they were highly sought after, and a lot of people were trying to get their hands on these Travis Scott Nike Air Lows or something. I mean, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, whatever it's you're It's a big into, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we won't judge you. Go for it. Do it. Um, all of it. Lots of it. Do you. Do too much of it. All over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the timeline of you putting this together is relatively short. Yes, it's all happened very quickly, which is exciting, overwhelming, and refreshing all at once because when things fall into place, it's meant to be, I think. Um, It's going with the flow. It's going with the path of least resistance. I didn't have to force any of this to occur. I, I simply have been wanting to do this trying to do this for a while now and then after I went to the East Denver conference uh, in March uh, as I came back to Kansas City it just started to fall into place as I reached out and started to take action it, I didn't meet any resistance to this so from March 10th essentially if you want to play it safe to May 5th That's fast. Yeah. (laughs) This has transpired a lot. But you also had the complete cooperation from all of your artists. I had complete cooperation uh, with everyone that I reached out to, and actually a lot of artists volunteering to participate and collaborate. Um, I think I told you I, I reached out to Kareem first to ask him if my idea for creating this digital art pop-up gallery was too crazy is this too outlandish is this do I need to reel it in (laughs) and uh I was told that this was a great idea and I just like I sometimes ask you like is this is this okay is this too crazy no you sometimes need that confirmation from your friends that you're not crazy and I once I got that I, I just continued to go with it Mm-hmm. And it's it's all come together. And it's really great to see how receptive everyone has been um, to my ideas and, and to bringing this energy. Because I tried to do this last year, and people were not ready for it. I don't, I don't think it was the right time. Well, we were also kind of still crawling out of COVID. Yeah, I think people were still so trying to So not a good time to really have an off. event, and I was, public event. I was ready to, to get into it then, and... The public really wasn't ready for it, whereas this year, um, 
you know, I, I emailed Polygon to talk to them about sponsoring the event on a Wednesday, and I was having a Google call with uh, their business development team on a, that Friday. So within for some hours. reason, it seems really unlikely that you can just call Polygon and get a meeting within the same week. I emailed that just them. seems really. <laughs> I, I, they liked what I sent in. Evidently, I, I sent them a proof of concept. Um, no, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I oh, just, yeah. you're just that. Just that's what I'm saying. When things are meant to be, when 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 it is something that is part of the greater plan, uh, you can't control the timing. Um, you know, Poly- Polygon could have seen my proof of concept and never responded to me. It could have gone into an empty black hole of an email that no one ever even saw. But the opposite happened. They saw it, they liked it, and they wanted to talk to me about it right away. And they thought that this was a really smart idea, and they thought that building this in the bear was um, a really good advantage, and, and they were for it, um, which was, of course, very reassuring to hear. <laughs> And did we say where the event is? Yeah, uh, it's at the Upside Bungee. Well, that's right. Maybe yeah, in the West that. Bottoms. Uh, originally, I was going to have it at Jay Riger. Right. I, I think you remember uh, I went out there um, and pitched it to them as I was trying to find a fun, cool, big location. And they initially were wanting to host the event on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday and do a three-day event, which was... I will admit, overwhelming for me initially to, you know, not only be planning our premiere slash first event, but to be doing it as a three-day event instead of just a singular night. And uh, as I was feeling overwhelmed and kind of rushed into trying to collaborate this for a three-day event, it came to transpire that they, they felt that they wouldn't be able to maintain their normal business operations and be able to host the event at the same time because of the expected capacity of attendees that we're forecasting. And uh, it actually ended up working out really well that they um, backed out because I didn't want to do a three-day event. That was a little much for me. Um, I was trying to make it happen, but it was it was a little much. And by this space opening up that you had referred me to your, your uh, friend initially uh, that Oh, that's the space? Yes, Anna. Oh. Yes, so she no longer owns I told that. you, you're right. You were like, I'm not Hi, sure Anna she Cole. Really owns it. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for the referral. Text me back. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> uh, no, you're not fine. <laughs> no, you're wonderful. <laughs> so they, so it's not called the Mulberry Room, obviously. Correct. Okay. It's on Mulberry Street. Right. Well, it's the um, same location. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't rename the street. Um, Upside Bungie is, is who occupies the space now, which I'd never heard of them before. Um, they, they still do, have the cool slide, uh, or not slide? You know what I mean—the the grain the slide of the building. But I don't—they don't have access to it. Um, she told me that the second and the third floor of the warehouse are empty, and I did go up to the second floor, but I didn't see the um, entrance to the slide. Uh, the The building has fourteen tall ceilings, fourteen foot tall ceilings, mm-hmm. which inevitably they're able to do the bungees, which they do the aerobic classes and it's a pretty space it's very i remember pretty. when anna first or i remember when she took me there years and years and years ago um anyway yeah i'm glad that worked out it's it's great it's great and i was able to connect uh with the owner rachel who is um part of the thieves of flight 
aerial gymnastics troupe oh. that will be performing at the event. They were at a GKC, uh, Greater Kansas City uh, Association's uh, event that we went to at Sporting KC, I think, last year. I don't know what those Wasn't that them, are. Tim? That sounds fun. Remember? Oh, yeah. Quixotic. No, because it was tied to one of the universities. I don't know. Quixotic was a troop. It still is a troop here right. in Kansas City. And she used to be part of Quixotic. And then they broke off, basically, the people in that troop formed their own troop. There's going to be a lot going on in this art show. It's, it's a circus, yeah. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say that a lot of your inspiration not only came from within, but... Um, You've been talking to me for years about Meow Wolf. Yes. And I've never heard of it. I'm guessing a lot of people listening have never heard of it, but I know that that really lit a fire in you. It, it is um, phenomenal. I highly recommend it. It's really it to hard everyone. to ex- explain what Meow Wolf is. You've tried. <laughs> and I think the best way to do it was when you showed me the videos. Yeah. That she had, you know. Um, yeah, you kind of have to see it. You, you really do. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe and you can go online and Google Meow Wolf. Enough. They, they have, have four lo- there. Yeah. Yeah, they have four ahead. locations. No, you're good. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about Meow Wolf. Like, Meow Wolf is amazing. Uh, when I first heard the name Meow Wolf, I thought it was a band. If you had to surmise what Meow Wolf is for people listening in like two sentences, what would you say? Meow Wolf. That, that was is an impossible question. A portal to another world of art, another way of experiencing art made by artists. It's an immersive experience. Yes. That looks like it was built by Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Mm, yes. And um, who's the director that did Edward Scissorhands? Tim Burton. Thank you. That yes, was Tim totally Burton, lost on me for a second. Gene Wilder. Maybe some Mel Brooks in there. Maybe. No, no Mel Brooks. But you know what I mean. It just has that. It's just wild. It is absolutely wild. It's it's a whole nother experience. They even have a thing. You tell them about the, the signage they have in the entrance. Oh, yes. they At the Denver location, they have a very fun, quirky little sign that, you know, gives you basically the, the rules of etiquette, uh, what you can and cannot do. And it, it, it very clearly tells you that they do not recommend that you come into Meow Wolf on mushrooms. Do do not do it. Like, I know it looks Psychedelics. Healing. Do not take psilocybin and, and come to Meow Wolf because they are not trying to deal with a bad trip. They don't even <laughs> want that on their plate um, because it, it looks like a psychedelic experience to a degree. It, it, it looks does. like a children's playground but with black lights and incredible art and slides. Sound, and too. And sound, sound, immersive sound that comes, you know, just like uh, Neil actually was explaining to me the concept of mer- immersive sound. Because I didn't, even after being to Meow Wolf several times, understand immersive sound. But that's what Meow Wolf incorporates is immersive sound. Like, we're used to right-left stereo when we listen to music or go to an event. He'll be pro premiering immersive sound at our event in June, which is what we naturally hear when we're in our environment. If a bear was to roar behind you to the left 45 degrees, you would be able to know, oh my gosh, I think I heard a bear over there, right? That's what immersive sound is. You're going to hear sounds that from your auditory ears 
physically will be able to tell that's coming from this direction, that's coming from that direction, this is overhead, this is below me. Whereas most concerts, most sound is stereo, it's left, right. And, and that's what Meow Wolf does. They do immersive sound as well. So you can hear different tones and sounds and things to where it feels like you're exploring. That's wild. Yes, it is. I like to know how that works. I know, right? Yeah, me too. He did, um, not to bounce all over, but I do. Um, I didn't know Neil did this. He worked with Sony to produce a immersive sound experience of Abbey Road. So you can put these headphones on, and it sounds like you're in the Abbey Road studio. Yeah, that happened. Neil did that. I didn't know. What would that do, though? Beatles fans, I mean, come on. You get to go in the sound of being in the Abbey Road studio and then be able to put these headphones on and actually try to make music as if you were in the Abbey Road studio. You mean you would? Like anyone that... I mean, I get, it in an, I get how it works in an environment because right. you could get up and down, left, right, front, back, but when you have... You can use the... When you're using... Go ahead. I think it's a, a software mm-hmm. along with the headphones that you can make music you know, on your computer or whatnot or um, in your soundboard uh, to where you are... Incorporating the sound of not the room that you're in, but the Abbey Road studio. Wow, that's interesting. It was really neat. I didn't know he did that. It was like just another area of immersive sound that he's been working with and playing with. Um, but yeah, Meow Wolf has four locations. They have Santa Fe, Denver. Um, why Great, am I? Grapevine, Texas. Grapevine, Texas is the newest one. Yes, in Albuquerque. Yes. Santa Fe. Uh, Santa Fe and, uh, yeah, Santa Fe and Albuquerque, right? And then... Um, Grapevine, Texas is the newest one. Is it open yet? Uh, I didn't see if it was open. Okay. I know it's it's opening or, or about to open, um, which I just can't wait to see that one. Um, and then they have the Denver location. So four locations. And I think it's cool that Meow Wolf opened their locations in places that aren't typical, like Miami, New York, L.A., Chicago. Uh, they picked... These other, I mean, Denver, yeah. Vegas. Vegas, yes, they have a Vegas location. Oh, that's a yes. good fit. Yes, I bet that one's phenomenal. Mm. Like, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're really cool kids. So where are you in your process of what's next? I know you're working on promo, promo materials. Promo materials for June 10th, as well as trying to allure more artists into our shenanigans. Well, will um, you re- bring some of the same artists from this show into your July show? Paper Buddha has expressed interest in wanting to do the July and the August show with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is presenting at a camp out in Nashville in September and is trying to get me to take this to Nashville in September. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm toying with that idea. I need to get more information on it because um, it's in September and it's in Tennessee. But the idea of a camp out obviously has my attention. <laughs> 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 so fun. So uh, that might happen. Uh, but he, he thinks uh, what I'm doing here in Kansas City is um, phenomenal because, you know, he's used to going to really big 
cities, and uh, they're oversaturated. Everyone's assholes, and it's just um, not a lot of fun. And you can't talk to very many people. And like when he was at NFT New York, he said that everyone was so schlitched that you couldn't even carry on a conversation with most people about the art. We mean drunk or yeah, inebriated. Yeah, exactly. Just, Uh-oh. just, just acting like it was spring break or something. And, um, well, it is an event. It's, it's an event, yes, but we take our art seriously. You know, we're not going to be inebriated because we want to be able to actually talk to people coherently about what it is we're so excited to share. So, um, there's a maturity aspect there. There is. There when is. you and I were in our early 20s, we weren't going to listen to much. Facts, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and Lazul, he's one of our youngest artists, he's 28. And, and he told me that he plans on drinking. He's the youngest at 28? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. PB's our age. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um... I don't... I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I'm just... Right. I'm just hearing it for the first yeah. time, I guess. Been That's why I'm saying it that way. <laughs> what? I said, been in this art game since 92. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, it's, uh... It's, it's refreshing for him to come to... A smaller city, and I do mean Kansas City by saying smaller city, because mm-hmm. compared to New York, we're smaller. Sure, of course. Compared to L.A., we're smaller. Of course. And um, he said he feels that people in the Midwest are just more genuine and that we have um, just better manners and that we're nicer. And I cool. think I'll take that compliment. I will take that cool. compliment. So I think there's a desire from some of these people that are used to going to the bigger cities and working with bigger names and bigger artists to come to smaller cities and work with smaller artists and nicer people and uh, be in a more... Um, mm, well, it's also fresh water. It is. It is. And that has to be exciting for an artist to know that he's coming into a territory where it's com- it should be fertile and yes. no one's farming it. So This is not an oversaturated market here. Right. No, not I in mean, that category. Most people here in Kansas City, even Scribe, for example. I talked to him, uh, the Kansas City graffiti artist that does all of the murals for Children's Mercy. Donald um, Ross. He's amazing, and uh, I really admire him. And uh, I reached out to him to see if he was interested. And he's going to come to the June 10th event, but he said he thought maybe he he had missed the boat on digital art, that maybe that ship had sailed, and that it was too late to get into this arena. And that's one thing that I found very interesting when I was reaching out to artists here within Kansas City was that perspective, because it's not too late and the ship hasn't sailed. The boat is right there. And any artist that wants to explore other mediums, digital art, AI art, anything in this arena is just another tool set in your artist's toolbox. And it's not something that it's too late for and it's not something that's too complicated that people can't understand it's just new it's just new especially to kansas city new can be scary yes new can be scary so we want to hold your hand and create a bridge to help you explore this new area of art essentially that's the name of your second show the bridge oh my gosh it's fun (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking lucy in the sky with diamonds but the bridge is fun Oh, come on. That's already something. What is something? Lucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's going to be July. It's July 8th. 
So, yeah, you don't understand the way my brain works. Well, you do, but you don't. But, like, in my head, like, fireworks, 4th of July, oh in God. the sky, diamonds. <laughs> it just creates this whole montage in my head. That like, was a reach. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was a man. reach. <laughs> yeah. Is that just LaCroix? <laughs> I know you've drank tequila in this office before. Sparkling but. water, lemon, naturally essence. And then why does it say innocent? Because it's innocent because it has no additives. Do you know this oh. podcast is brought to you by LaCroix? Where's my LaCroix? It's in the trash. Oh, they're our sponsor. <laughs> huh? Yeah, they're a sponsor. <sighs> LaCroix sparkles so you don't have to. Sparkly. <laughs> Having a bad day? Don't worry. Just have a LaCroix. Just have a LaCroix. You don't need to sparkle. It's naturally LaCroix essence. sparkles for you. I love it. Shine. And that's lemon. I like it. I've tried a LaCroix before, and I did not like it. I remember that. I'm sorry. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I like when people don't like them. That's more for me. They discontinued the Coca-Cola flavor. (gasps) They had a Coca-Cola flavor. Yeah, I was really, really, really into it. No one liked it but me. Mm. I'm literally the only person I I talked to that enjoyed it. No, I got a case here at work, and... Had everyone try it, and they're like, "Good luck." Ew. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's oh. that's fine. As it Leah comes. put it, Leah put it best. She said, "It tastes like a uh, a coke that's been left out all night, Ew. and then you <laughs> like flat, but not because mm, it was sparkling." Boom. Yes. Boom. <laughs> 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 all right. So this is awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. Like when people ask me about it, I have a hard time explaining it, honestly, because I think you did well it here. It happened really fast. It did. And it's a lot of information as far as talking about NFTs, Web3, digital art, all of this, the artists, what they do. Yeah, we didn't really get lot. into Web3 or Mid Journey or any and of And I don't want to overwhelm people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, let's. Uh, because, for example, I was talking to my own sister. And I was saying Web3. And she's like, I don't know what kind of crazy talk you're saying. Like, what version of the web are we in? And I was like, uh, obviously Web2, if we're going into three. I mean, we're just counting here. And she's like, what was Web1? And I was like, well, that was obviously AOL, you've got mail, and just being able to access the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, that was Web1. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm not going to get into it. We're going to go. No, keep running. Else. This no. is your podcast. <laughs> no, you're my. This, you're, this is your I show. You're the guest. As I get into my geek talk. Well, that's fine. That's why I wanted to do the business up front. Yes. So that anyone listening could get all the details, get all the deets, the specifics, know when and where and what to expect, and then you know. The easiest way to understand Web three when I say Web three and uh, is to say decentralization. It's DeFi. It's if you think of Web two as being centralized, right? I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no I want to no. know your feedback. Nope. You has this on the tip of your tongue right nope. there. You're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's decentralized. Decentralized. So um, it Web three is all about the community. It's it's about you know, um, for example, if if you like Neil's music, right, and you want to buy his song, but you don't want all of that money just to go into a record label's pocket and him as the artist only get a dollar, right? Or, or whatever they nickel and dime the artist down to. Um, Web3 protects the artists and protects, that's what blockchain does, it, it protects 
them and allows them to get what they should be getting, their piece of the pie, and not have it be centralized into where this big conglomeration of a corporation gets all of the funding and then they just trickle off a little bit to the artist. It, it goes right into the artist's pocket. But then you pay, you just have to pay through a different portal. Well, I mean, blockchains come so far now that like, for example, with the NFT tickets that we're offering through Sports Illustrated, it, it, it's purchased with a debit or credit card. When I first started oh, okay. doing blockchain and crypto, you couldn't do that. You couldn't use your debit or credit card. Right. It was a nightmare. So the fact that they've been able to scale it this far in just like two years to where now you can just purchase the ticket like you would any other ticket, um, but it's on the blockchain and it, it's not through um, a centralized mm-hmm. system. I get it. It's... um. Does that concern you at all with the state of crypto? No, because Polygon, uh, the blockchain is scaled on Ethereum. Not Polygon specifically, but more so the ecosystem of crypto. Honestly, um, everything in the markets right now is showing us that we're going to have a crypto winner. That, um, yes, we're in a bear market right now. We've had a crypto winter, though. Yes, and... Everything is on the up and up, and the dollar is on the down and down. Uh, not to get too into market talk, but like literally, um, with the development of bricks that happened um, like 10, 15 years ago, but they're gaining strength. The dollar has been losing value and has continued to do so. And with the announcements of all these other countries that are no longer going to be using the dollar in their trades and in their large, large sales that uh, that's going to cause centralized currency to deflate and it's going to cause decentralized currencies to go up like a, like a plate shift. Okay, let me ask specifically. We've seen at least two instances. One, where there was a literal coin that was supposed to be stable completely collapse. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, the SBF debacle. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, and that's why then, and that's why I asked the question. I'm not trying to yeah. cast any negativity on this. I'm just asking you, does yeah. that. Uh, well, what's, what's great about the blockchain is that you're not buying into Bitcoin. You're not buying into Ethereum. You're not buying um, a crypto token. You are simply making a transaction on the blockchain. Right, but that's the same chain that Sam Bankman Freed used, didn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, no, no. Um, the Ethereum is one of the longest running blockchains that's out there. Which which one did you say? Um, what's the coin that the guy just went to, or just, um, I don't know if he, he's in trouble yet, but the, uh, the heck is the name of it? Of course you would ask me. I just know his name. Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF. Pardon us. Is it FTX? Yeah, thank you, Tim. FTX, there. Oh, yeah, I never got into FTX. Why couldn't I think of that? Um, I mean, you know, that was supposed... That was... Oh, he was behind Solana. 
Okay. But I mean, you had that where it's using the same technologies that you're speaking of, and here he was stealing he millions. Was bank fraud, yes. Okay, so I mean, and then you had um, uh, you had the other one, the stable coin that I had mentioned that obviously wasn't stable <laughs> and collapsed. You yeah, know, it wasn't supposed I, to re- go below a dollar, and not only did it go below a dollar. I think it's know. important to do. I mean, does that give research. you research? Gotcha. On, on crypto and on coins, because it is all so new, you know? I mean, the, all these meme coins just came out. Everyone's, oh, my gosh. Well, there's more know? more coming out. I mean, six years ago, it was too easy to make money on crypto. Yes. And now it's too easy to lose money, um, well, depending on the hour. Yes, uh, and depending on which, which coin and which, I mean, it's the market. Anyway, I don't want to go too far down that, but I just, I did want to ask that, because obviously it's a... Um, and again, depending on what token and coin and who's running it and how their their morals are, um, has a lot to do with everything. But um, you know, we did have two pretty bad examples recently in, yeah. that, in that arena. And hey, it's not just crypto. We have banks failing right now yes. as we speak. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're trying to rescue two as as, as a world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've already lost one, and so anyway. Um, I think having digital assets like a non-fungible token is a very safe way of purchasing something and having full control over that asset. Whether it's music, whether it's art, the blockchain. I'll be very curious to see how that's... With, with how ticketing, the whole- it creates a brilliant solution because the fraud aspect for people in ticketing just completely disappears. It It just solves it. It's... It's just an, I mean, it's just an easier way of doing ticketing. Ticketmaster is kind well, of into Web3. Again, here I am, Mr. Negative, but there, there will always be a fraud. People there's always going to be someone to, yes. to, to exploit an NFT. There'll be a, there's a way to exploit an NFT somehow. Yes. No, one just, no one's done it yet. Yes, I'm sure they're trying. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure of course actively, they're trying. Actively trying. Yes. Um, I just... Uh, I find it ironic that I'm so supportive of 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 digital art when I am such a technophobe. Is that the word? Yes, exactly. Well, like I, I, ve- I very you much, are not. Yeah, this isn't. I don't even watch television. It makes sense. If you know you, it makes sense. But if you know you, it also doesn't make sense. Right. You like, you don't like, you are outdoors. Yes. You like to camp. You like to yes. use your metal detector. Yes. You like the birds yes. and rainstorms. Yes. I you like lived in the mountains off the mountains. grid for yes. how long? 10 years. 10 years. No cell. You got a cell phone win. 2017. And so I, when I mean a cell phone, I mean that was your first cell phone. First cell phone. Yeah. Fi- uh, 2017. Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the only third phone I think I've owned. I mean, yeah, I I am not like the person that has to get the new cell phone when it comes out, and I, I don't watch television, and I'm not like engrossed in in. Um, well, I guess that's why it was real interesting when you came to me with Discord and Mid Journey, and I'm like. How? How did you even get here? Because you're not... I think it's my dad's fault. You're not in that space. <laughs> Is it? I, I wonder. You mean just like uh, genetically? Yes, exactly. Because, you know... He's, you want to talk about that if you he's want. He's a mainframe programmer. Talk um, about what he invented. 
Uh, well, he. Um, we should have him with, on this podcast. Uh, you should. He no, would, I'm not joking. He would really enjoy it. Can he talk about that? Yeah, he loves talking about stuff. I don't like know that. if that was legal he was or telling not. Telling me stories when he was in the uh, hospital not too long ago. He was having some stuff done with his heart. Um, he was telling me old man stories about IBM and and uh, Bill Gates. Well, and tell Microsoft. everyone real quick what he helped pioneer. So my dad in the early '80s worked with IBM and helped with a team of developers. Uh, create the pay at the pump system to use your card at the gas pump and be able to utilize um, and make it easier to buy gas. I mean, imagine if we couldn't use our card at the pump right now to pay gas, to pay for gas. It was him and a small team, like super small. like Yes. Yes. And it started actually, I believe, at Payless Shoe Source. I know this is crazy. Do you remember Payless? Yeah, but what does that have to do with... Well... He was working with some people that were at Payless oh, okay. as well as people at IBM. And they started kind of like just with this, talking about how can we make things easier? How can we, like, what are ways that we could, like, do things different? And the idea of paying for gas at the gas pump with your card was something that they all agreed that we should be able to do. So then they sat down at their computers and they started trying to figure out how to write the software, to create the program, to be able to do that. And then I remember my dad taking me to a gas pump in Topeka, and it was like, I don't know, probably 86, 80, yeah, because Laura was born in 84, so it was probably like 86-ish. And uh, he was explaining to me what he had done and what was going on and how you could pay for gas and how this would be happening, and I was so annoyed and didn't understand why he was telling me this. I'm just like, can we, like, go home now? Like, what are we doing? I was just like, but I remember it now, and I'm like, that's crazy. And he was so proud of it that he took me to a gas pump. It wasn't even implemented yet, but he wanted to explain to me Mm -hmm. what was going to be happening. And I'm just like, oh, my dad. You know, I'm like five years old and um, not caring. And, uh He's, you know, always been in computers, and now he's the mainframe programmer, head of IT or whatever at the Federal Reserve downtown. And um, he is just a total computer nerd. I used to laugh at him and make fun of him and be like, yeah, my dad talks in MS-DOS. <laughs> and now I feel like when I talk about stuff, I kind of do the same thing. <laughs> that I'm like sitting here, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, crypto and Web3 and NFTs. and da-da-da-da. What does your father think of this? Um, he thinks that what I'm doing is very typical of me to get passionate about something and, and run with it. Um, and he thinks it's a, it's a really new idea. He does not like crypto. He, he's not. I he does told, not. Yeah. I think I told you when I tried to get into mining last year, he was. Yeah. So anyway, he, but he, he so he doesn't like crypto, but yeah, I bet yeah. he is stoked about your, your show. Yes. Yes. He definitely is stoked about it. Um, he, he thinks. Um, that I'm going to be successful. Um, he has always said that I'm the type of person that if I come up with an idea, I'm just going to do it, which I think we both are. I think that's probably why we're friends is we're very ambitious. We're go-getters. Um, we see something that could happen and we do it. Um, he reminded me, which is something I forgot about actually, that the first time I ever did anything like this, where I came up with an idea and I just did it, he said, you know, the first time you did this, you were in fifth grade. And I said, what are you talking about? 
And he said, you remember when you called Joan Finney and you asked to have a meeting with her? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I had this idea. We, we lived in Topeka, and Joan Finney was the governor of Kansas at the time. She was the first woman governor of Kansas. And uh, our house had gotten broken into, and I was pissed. I was so pissed. They didn't take anything but our TV, but I was pissed. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. What's going on in this flipping town? Mm-hmm. I got on the phone and I called the governor's office. <laughs> and I said I wanted to have a meeting with Joan Finney. And they were like, what, what do you want to meet with her about? And I was like, well, about the crime in Topeka. <laughs> I, we need to do something about this. And I put it up together, a whole presentation. And I went into her office and, and, and I told her about the crime and, and how they were going to be implementing metal detectors in the high schools. And I was homeschooled at the time. And my parents weren't going to let me go to public school because they had to have metal detectors to protect the kids to get into the schools, and I thought that was bullshit, <laughs> and I wanted to, her to do something about the crime, and uh, they signed a bill called Katie's Bill, because my nickname for my family is Katie, um, to try to combat the crime in Topeka, um, and I was just like 11 years old. Seriously? And, yeah. <laughs> And and I've kind of forgot about that, you know. And my dad reminded <laughs> That's me of funny. it. And he's like, "You've always been very ambitious as far as if you think something needs to be done or you see a way to do something, you just try to do it. And you don't really ask anybody else if if they think it's a good idea or if it should be done. You just well, there's no obstacles for you. If you want to go to Meow Wolf and take your 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 kids to Denver, you're going to pick up tonight and go do that. True. If you want to go camping tonight in Springfield, you're going to leave my office and go do that. <laughs> There's, you're going to go do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to yeah. hop in the car and go to a rave in St. Louis, you're going to go do that. Yeah, it's, just, I mean, well, it's not a thing for you. It's just like going to the store. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if you and this, which is ironic because Juniper the other night was complaining about a Mexican restaurant we'd gone to for dinner about how stuffy and hot it was in the restaurant, and she looked at me and she goes, "Well, this was your idea. You're the one that wanted to do this. You got in the car, you drove us here. We're here. This was all you." And I was like, "Oh, you're right. This was my idea." So I, I try to put a lot of thought into what I do because it is what I want to do. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, which this was something I wanted to do. I just am very excited that people also want to do it with me. Mm. And they're not just like, okay, Mary, yeah, you're off on one of your things that you're doing. Have fun (laughs) over there. (laughs) They're actually like, we want to come too, you know, Mm. and we want to participate. And um, we think this is a great idea. And like when I met uh, Rachel at Upside Bungie and was telling her about the art show and what I was doing, I had no idea that she was part of the Thieves of Flight and that, you know, they did these aerial mm. gymnast moves and all the magic that they create with with their art form of physical art. And and uh, she was super excited um, to offer me, you know, would you like us to, to perform during That's it? awesome. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, I would. <laughs> like, how hey, how long are your artists in town for, do you know? So they're going to come in Friday. And they're going to get out of town on Sunday. Okay, fast. Yes, they'll be in and out. Um, Most of them have day jobs. Some of them don't. Okay. Um, But they will be in and out uh, just here for Saturday night. Okay. A show. I can't get them on the pod then. Uh, No. Yeah. Unfortunately not. Um, Not unless we did a day day show, like on the weekend. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe Saturday morning or something. Um, And... uh, 
laser lose setup, we will have to start midday, the earlier the better, really, um, setting up his lasers and his glass and all of that. He said when he was just in Austin uh, for an NFT conference event that they had down there, uh, it took four hours to get his table and everything set up. So, um, his yeah. is the most time-consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very meticulous. And yeah. And it's one of those things. Well, it's that, all manual. Exactly. And so, and that's one thing I think I'm excited to share and show people is that, okay, you see an NFT on the computer or on your, your phone, right? And you think, at least I've gotten this from a lot of people. They think, oh, psh, that's not art. That's that's just, you know, point, click, duh, duh. It's just one, two, three, easy and done. No, it is it is a meticulous craft that most very successful digital artists, whether their medium is collage art or laser art or VR art, it is something that they put a lot of time and effort into creating. I don't disagree with that. I do want to go on record as saying, though, that um, for myself and my industry, uh, that I'm still kind of straddling that. What? Um, the effort that goes into producing something like you see here on my walls mm-hmm. versus digital art. Yes, I do believe that some digital art, like Paper Buddha, can take j- the same 100 hours that an amazing painting can. But I also believe that there's a lot of it out there that is, like you kind of said, point, pointy and clicky. Yes, yes. And that's, and so, you know, I think the detritus of that needs to start to go away and the, the cream of the digital art crop needs to come to the top so we can see what digital art really is so that we can fully appreciate it so that people like me can get off the fence and support it and embrace it and then it, most importantly and ultimately endorse it. Yes. Because it's... Um, Still a little, you know, in my industry, when you deal with graphic designers, not something everybody wants to chat about. Some people do. Some people do not. Right. And a lot of people um, associate uh, art with a 100-hour painting, you know, or something that took, you know, a long time for someone to craft with their hands. And I, as well as all the other artists that I work with, are traditional artists. You know, we obviously all had other mediums before we got to digital art. Digital art is new, and especially these new forms of NFT art and being able to do it in that medium. It, it's it's not something that any of us started out doing um, was digital art. And uh, I, I think that one of the hardest things as an artist is to classify into what medium you practice in. I mean, some people it's not. They're like, I'm oil. I'm only oil. I paint oils. That's what I do. Never going to stop. And that's amazing. And I love that. Um, it doesn't mean that you should stop being an oil artist or stop buying oil paintings. It just means that if you're an oil artist and you want to take your oil painting and you want to be able to market that, if you so desire, to an entire new customer base, you can do that. It's just another market. It's another tool. It's another area where you can sell your art. And I know that all artists would love to be able to make a living off of selling their art. Mm -hmm. And very rarely are we able to do that, i.e. the starving artist. So if this is another way for you to sell your art, 
why not try it? it, it what are you going to do, sell a painting? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, right. It's, and, and you completely maintain all of your rights to it as it's on the blockchain. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something that's new, but it's something that I think benefits nothing but the artists and creates a new marketplace for artists. And um, my goal is, like I said, to create a bridge. That is another good name. I really am going to think about that uh, for the next show because I want as much physical artists that are on the fence uh, to come and see and understand and learn. Um, Speaking of, before I forget, weren't you just on KKFI yesterday? Monday. Okay, so what is that? The that uh, 10th? No. 9th. The 9th? Yeah. Um, okay, so then that interview won't be posted anywhere yet. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Yes. I'm trying to hit all the media. What time will you be on KK? Well, yeah, what time will you be on? I believe it's, yeah, noon to 1 on Monday. Okay. Yes. Cool. So... Yeah, cause I'm supposed to be there about 11.30. That's mm-hmm. nice. You get a full hour there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. And she also, the host of the show, I feel bad because I don't remember her name at this moment. Uh, she is part of the Latino Artists Coalition here in Kansas City. So I'm hoping I can also talk to her about the Lowriders. Was that the Spray KC? No, that's um, that's another group. Um, I've been reaching out to a lot of different artist groups. Do you see they have a new billboard up? Where? Spray Casey. Is it is it the one on? You'll uh, see it on your way 35? home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Den Casey um, is uh, the artist that worked with them that did that. Uh, he actually, uh, I was really excited for him. Uh, he did a live paint at the NFL draft, and he did not know what to expect. He said when he was doing this live paint, like they commissioned him to come out and do a live paint spray paint thing for the NFL draft. Evidently down there in the KCPNL district, um, and uh, Tech Nine, I guess, ended up showing up. I don't know if that was planned or unplanned, but he didn't know he was going to be there. And Tech Nine dropped in and did a live set. Oh, cool! As he was spray painting. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's really rad. So it's fun for me as I get into this and reach out to different artists that want to participate. Uh, and that I'm trying to get to come join the shenanigans to realize how many talented artists have really come from Kansas City. Like Tech Nine, for example, um, Neil, for example. Like we can go on and on, but yeah. there's a lot of talented folks. Robert have, Altman. Yes. I mean, <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. Well, no, she's Leavenworth, but still. Cheryl Crow. We'll claim. From Missouri. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she's yeah. getting ready to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. And she's a Missouri resident. So we could just say Missouri, essentially. I mean, Walt Disney. Mark so, Twain. <laughs> let's keep it going. Like, <laughs> no, what's up, Missouri? I, I don't me. know. <laughs> <laughs> we have his forest. I Mary mean. McCauley. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Missouri has something to show for itself, I guess. Well, I'm excited to s- for this event for a variety of reasons. Um, I think regardless, it's going to be amazing. And I think the second one will be even better. Yes, I hope that people that don't make it to the first come to the second and say, man, I really wish I could have seen that first event. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have socials built out? I do. We have a Twitter page, which is Digital Dreams KC. Okay. We have a Facebook page that we just started, Digital Dreams KC. Uh, We have our website. We have a YouTube channel that we hope to be able to stream uh, 
more videos too. Right now it just has a few promo videos on it. Um, but yeah, we are, we are new, um, we are fresh and we are here and we're building these communities as we go. And, uh, I'm super excited to, to see everyone that comes, uh, to the event in June so that they can see what this really can be. Like when you talk about Meow Wolf, it's really hard to describe it to mm-hmm. someone. And I feel like with this event, it's really hard to describe it to someone. Well, if they go on the website, you can, I'm sure there's links yes. off to see, you know, all the Buddha's installations, like his digital lounge in Los Angeles that you yes. showed me, which is really impressive. Um, you know, laser loos, uh, setups, which are gnarly. And, um, this will not just be monitors on the wall, like surrounded by TVs. If, if that's what anyone is thinking, like, yes, obviously some digital art is put on a monitor facts. Okay. But you're not going to be walking into a digital art gallery in the sense of there's just monitors hung on the walls and you're walking around like an art gallery, but digital because I could see how someone could make that connotation of, okay, so I'm just going to be walking around looking at paintings on the walls, but instead of it being canvases, it's monitors. And that would be the impression? Yeah, I could totally see that. And I I want this feedback from people so that I can know... So then what can I expect? Exactly. I want people to kind of know what to expect, but also keep that element of surprise because it's a pop-up. Well, tell me what can I expect. You can expect to be in an environment that has... New energy, new music, new art, interactive, immersive, tangible, as well as physical art, networking, food, food, good food, leaving with a feeling of, that was really fun. I want to go to that again. Like... Kind of like a concert, art show, meets party all together. Are you selling any flare or tchotchkes? I want a flare stand. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Um, Your deadline's coming up to get something produced, but... Because some of the the artists have been talking about wanting to do more merch. Yeah, I Um, like this idea. Yeah. Uh, I I feel that there's going to be a merch table. Uh, Paper Buddha and I were talking about how when you go to a concert and you walk in, the first thing you see is the merch table and you want to buy a a poster or a t-shirt or whatever. Well, we want to do that, but we don't want it to be like just t-shirts. We want it to be like really cool stuff that you're like, holy crap, I have Stickers and pens. Well, stickers and pens, but like... We're thinking, we can't tell you. We're thinking of some really cool ideas <laughs> that we look at. You see it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're like, we could do something with that. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. It's, it's fun when you get creatives together in a group and you start talking about, like. For $10, laser loop will shoot lasers into your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> Take a what, photo of you. What is possible? Because anything's <laughs> possible, I think, when, when you get the right people together in a group. And, and that's why Teamworks makes the dream work. Um, because even though I came up with this idea on my own, I didn't come up with this idea on my own because I'm not there presenting just my art. This well, is you kind of did. Well, I mean, yeah, 
I, I got everybody to jump on board. Right. You know, <laughs> but it's like. You did that. I couldn't do it on my own. You know, I need, I need. You did do it on your own. I guess I but okay, I'll agree with you. I have a hard time. You're right, Mary. It takes a credit. team and a village. But you, but I mean, ninety percent of this is because of you. Yeah, I just have a hard time taking credit for that. Well, that's okay. You'll yeah. get used to it. How? As soon as you get that first check for all your ticket admissions. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you see your ticket oh, sales numbers. <laughs> I'm definitely earning it. It's a lot of work. I mean, but I like the work. It's something that when I wake up in the morning, I'm honestly excited to get up and start working on, like I was talking about the portal, like I'm, I'm excited to do this because it's. That's going, what life's about. If you can wake up and be excited about anything. Right. Then that's the goal. What did they say? Find what Bukowski, I believe said it. Charles Bukowski said, find know. what you love and let it kill you. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's important to be passionate and have drive about what you're doing. Cause then if you make your work play, it doesn't feel like work. Right. Like, you have the Nerf guns here in the office. You know. You know. Those are for, for protection, though. <laughs> those are, <laughs> that's not play, Mary. Those aren't for play. That's so serious. That's for... This is Westport. <laughs> you got to come strapped. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have heat yeah. in Westport, well... That's probably why we're having this in the bottoms. You know, You're get your chalk out. Again. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um I, re- I really hope that anyone that's interested takes a minute to look at the website. Shout out the website. Shout out the dates. DigitalDreamsKC.com, June 10th, 7 to 11 p.m., second Saturdays of the month going forward, monthly pop-ups, coming to KC. First, Be there. First Fridays isn't. Be square. Mm-mm. Seriously. All right. Even be in a circle. <laughs> if you want to, like whatever's clever. All right. Well, this is exciting. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. You should, I would like for you to come back maybe afterwards. Oh yeah. That'd be and fun. then, t- you know, and talk about, talk about the event. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the next one, the it, bridge. A- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge. Yeah. It um, might be that. But no, no, this is super awesome. I'm super proud of you. This Thank is, you. I'm, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. I'm shocked because of the timeline, yes. not because of you or, or the efforts, but because of the timeline, my God, so I mean, fast. two months. It's crazy. And that is insane. I'm it, a little it, jealous. It, I'm not a little jealous. I'm a lot jealous as someone who's thought he's had great ideas before and <laughs> has sat on them for like three years. Um, you just have to take action. But congrats. And, um, Let's get out of here, and we'll talk again after the show. Yes. All right, let's shake hands. All right. Thanks for listening to the Little Agency That Roars podcast. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on fasonipartners.com under podcast. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, and leave a review. If you want to submit an interview or submit yourself for an interview, please email roar at fasonipartners.com. That's R-O-A-R at fasonipartners.com. Thanks.